Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, 2Xers, Bill Kasky here. Another episode of the 2X Podcast. A reminder, why do we do this? Well, I do it every day because I want you to double your output. Is it about income? Yeah, it could be. If you're in professional selling and you are 100% commission-based, yeah, I think I can help you double your income. But for those of you who are not in that mode and you just want to double your output, double your effectiveness, I know we have some things for you in this podcast. So I'm glad to um, I'm glad to be with you again today. Today's podcast is a little bit different. I'm not necessarily going to give you something to go do. I'm interested in giving you something to go think. And this idea of false beliefs, we have accumulated these false beliefs about selling and about business and about self-development and about personal achievement. And I think sometimes we have a load of this stuff in our brain that's not true. It's just not true. And I see it every day in my coaching and consulting business is people will be doing things in a certain way. And I'll say, how did you, how did you come to believe that's the way to do it? Well, it's just what I've always done. And if somebody, you know, one of my first coaches or mentors told me to do it this way, and well, that's just what I believe about selling. And a lot of times I think it's just false. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take 10 myths and I'm going to bust them. Now, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to feel kind of an explosion of inspiration because some of the things that we're talking about are things you might have believed for 10, 15, 20 years, or you're going to feel an explosion of uh, anger toward me. And maybe some of these you don't believe and that's okay. And we can talk about them. I encourage you to go to the Facebook page and weigh in on this podcast. If you can get past these and really bust through these myths, I think you'll find an an enormous amount of energy and drive and commitment to do things differently. Myth number one, in order to be great at selling, you have to be great at convincing and persuading. And I don't, I mean, I picked this number one because it was at the top of my sheet. I don't know if it's the most important. I don't know if there is the most important one of these, but this is vital because I see many times the sales professional launch into a convince and persuade argument when they are in front of a prospect. And if you ask that person, did you launch into a convince and persuade argument? They will always say, well, no, I was asking questions, but you were asking them with a tone of hope, with a tone of, man, I hope he has a problem here because if he does, I'll have a better shot at closing the sale. And I don't want you to have that tiny, even that tone, that itsy bitsy tone. I've not used the word itsy bitsy in a long time. That little tone of hope and, and desire and, man, I hope we can make this work. Because when you do, you chase your prospect away. 
So number one myth buster, the myth of I can be better if I just learn how to convince and persuade more. Wrong. Number two, cold calling is my key to wealth. You know, I, I see a lot of organizations who are starting to adopt social selling, content marketing, expert thought leadership, expert status selling, which we really believe in all three of those. But there's lots of people who still feel like, you know what, just give me a phone and give me a phone number and a person and I'll just make the call. And I'm not suggesting that's wrong. I just don't think you can hang your hat on that as the only way. And for some organizations, they feel like cold calling is it. That's all we need to do is just make more cold calls. Problem is not scalable. Problem is while you're uh, out chasing the leads that maybe you cold called, nobody else is cold calling. So we like to think this is more of a leverage play. How can you use social selling? Number three, I've got to prove myself. Man, this is ugly. And it's ugly because I think our ego is always in that prove myself mode, isn't it? And when I fail to bring home the the bacon, as it were, I had a fourth grade spelling teacher teacher who uh, was coaching me before the spelling bee. And she said, Bill, I want you to bring home the bacon tonight. I'm like, bacon? Is there going to be bacon at the spelling bee? I don't know what she was talking about. Anyway, bring home the bacon. Uh... And uh, I actually didn't win it. I missed on the word medicine, spelled it with two E's instead of two I's. And you know what was interesting? I spelled it with certainty too, M-E-D-E-C-I-N-E, medicine. Eh, you're wrong. Um, but I think there's this essence, this is energy that comes along with proving oneself that damages us. And I don't think you've got anything to prove. I think you're fine the way you are. You're, I want you to live in the present and in your authentic self and allow that to be the power. I think when we try to prove ourselves, we lose all of our power. It doesn't feel like it because it feels like, well, you know, we're, we're talking a little bit louder, which is another one of my myths here. Uh, but, but proving oneself is a, is a no-win game. Let the prospect prove to you that they have a problem that's worth solving and that's bothering them. That should be the only proof that you should be looking for in the process. So take yourself out of it. It's of no value. I don't mean you're of no value. I just mean in the sales process, it doesn't matter what you think or who you're trying to prove. Number four, people buy my product. I don't think that's true. I think you might argue with me a little bit there and say, my product is really good. And I will, I will venture to say, yes, it probably is good, but there's also lots of other good products too. And I doubt if your, your uh, competitive salesperson shows up at the customer's office and says, you know, our product is really good. It's not as good as Bill's, but it's really good. Of course not. They're proving that they've got the best product too. So here's what I want you to think about to bust this myth. People don't buy your product People buy what your product can do for them. They buy the use of your product and how that problem can solve a problem they've been wrestling with or get them to a new future, a new aspiration, a new objective. That's what they want. And I also think they buy you. And they buy your ability to set the stage, to set the tone, to ask the right questions, to do the right assessment to lead them through the sales process, I think there's a whole lot of you that they buy. That's why I think you have the perfect opportunity in today's world to double your business because if you get better, your prospect feels that and they do more business with you. 
So bust the myth that people buy your product. Forget about your product. Your product's good, but so is everybody else's. They buy you, and they buy what your product can do for them. Myth number five, your enthusiasm is contagious. No, it's not. Your enthusiasm sometimes rubs people the wrong way. A constant smile on your face or on my face, if I'm making a call and my face never stops smiling, and I see this sometimes, and I know I know where it comes from. I know we've been trained to smile and be jovial and be enthusiastic. You know what? If a customer is talking about their problems and their goals, they're not in the smiling mood. So why do you paint that smile on your face? Wipe it off. I mean, you can, you can be happy and joyful when you first meet somebody, but when they start talking about their problems and their pains and how much trouble they're in, if they don't get your solution, you better not be smiling. So erase this myth that uh, if I'm smiling and happy and enthusiastic about my product, that it will attract people to me. I think you can be passionate about what you do. You can be more passionate about helping people, but forget about that enthusiasm stuff. I don't think it works. Number six, selling is about my personality, not about my process. I think when we get into sales, we are sold this bill of goods that our personality is a big part of what makes us successful. You've heard people say, oh, she, she's a born salesperson, or he's just got the gift of gab. Oh, that's good, the gift of gab. So I'll come in and gab for an hour, and I won't buy. But I don't think your personality has as much to do with 2xing your income as you think it does. And I will debate you and challenge you on this. I think a better way to look at your success is what is your process? Process trumps personality. Make the process the point. When you make the process of of finding out your customers' needs and pains and problems and sharing with them how you've helped other people, and if there's a more formal assessment there, then that's good. But your process is the point. Make it the point. And I think you'll find that the results will, will become swimmingly more important and more uh, exp- and exponentially better for you. I wanted to use the word swimmingly there. Didn't really use it in the right place. But anyway, number seven, my future is linked to my marketing department and the number of leads they can provide me. Uh, you may not have this one. I do see this occasionally, though, where there is a an expectation that the marketing department will provide leads and that they're they're out there investing money and, and things will happen because of that. I've not found too many marketing departments that good. Yes, there are some. I'm not going to argue about whether yours is or isn't, but I think it's up to you to create content that makes the phone ring. And if you abdicate this responsibility to your marketing department, I think you lose. So the myth is that someone else is there to help you. Uh, in the words of Nathaniel Braden, who's written, who wrote several books, he just died a year or so ago, several books on self-esteem and victimhood and persecution. And he says, one of my favorite quotes that he said is, no one's coming. No one's coming. No one's coming to help you. I mean, if you ask for help, yeah, people will pitch in, but, but no marketing department's coming to your aid. If you don't have enough leads in the funnel right now, things aren't happening enough, you have to look in the mirror. So the, the myth there is, and that's got to be busted, is someone else is going to help me generate leads. Number eight, 
Talking loud is your source of power. I'm guilty of this. I'm 6'5", and I have a loud voice. And maybe it makes podcasting a little easier for me. Maybe it makes public speaking a little bit easier for me. I don't know. But I do know that it will also get me in trouble. My voice has cost me a lot of money over the years because I don't modulate it well. And I'm working on that. But your voice is not the, your loud voice is not the source of power. Many times it's the soft voice that's the source of power. And we're going to have a a person who is a vocal coach on the 2X podcast here very soon. I don't know exactly what episode, but she has a very distinctive philosophy about this and I've seen it work and I buy into it. So if you are like me and have a loud voice, and feel like it needs to be put on display to exert your power, it's wrong. I'm wrong to think that. I've got to bust that myth. Number nine, my results are a function of my actions. Uh, Maybe. I would prefer to say your results are a function of your thinking, which leads to your actions, which leads to results. Actually, if, if you look at the model of how you think determines how you act, and how you act determines your results. If you look at it that way, what we're doing today is we're changing the way we're thinking. That's exactly what we're doing today. We're not talking about action here, although some of these have action points to them. But I want you to know that if you want to change your results 2x, you got to change your thinking about you and about your potential and about how customers buy and why customers don't buy, which we're talking about today. And number 10, the last one, I know how. And my question is, how do you know? And I get this a lot. Well, let me tell you how I do it. Here's the way I do it, Bill. I go in and I do this A, B, C, D, and E. And I always say, okay, how do you know that's the best way? Well, it's the way I've always always done it. It seems to have worked pretty well. And I say, how do you know? Well, my income keeps going up, you know, 5%, 10% a year. Okay, how do you know? What do you mean, how do, how do you know that it couldn't go up 40% a year? If your income is the indicator of whether you know how to do something, I think that's a pretty shallow indicator because I don't think there's any way to test another way. Now, if you're, if you're going to go half the year doing it one way and half the year doing it another and you find that your, your income skyrockets one way, then now you got some empirical data. But I think the myth is that we know. We know how. And I don't think we know how we know how. How about that for a double how how now brown cow, how pastor. Um, I don't think we know. If you go into your scenarios and your market feeling and thinking and believing you know the best way, I think it's, it costs you a lot of money. A lot of money. I know you've heard my story before. I used to have a radio show in Indianapolis. And uh, we had it for about a year. And somebody came along and said, uh, hey, you ought to podcast. And I didn't know what podcasting was. And I said, I paid, I, I bought this guy lunch and I said, you, we're going to go have lunch and you're going, to, you're going to draw out how podcasting works because I have no idea. They were talking about RSS feeds and all this stuff that was the initial phases of podcasting. Nobody knew what it was. He came over, he drew it out. He goes, I think you need to be doing that instead of radio. I said, sold, done. And we started immediately. And now we're, fortunately, the Advanced Selling Podcast is, uh, is one of the top 30 business podcasts. And this will be too someday. I really believe that. But I had, to, I had to relieve the pressure of feeling like I knew how to do it. 
And when you don't know how, you have to say, I don't know. And you'd be shocked at what kind of advice comes your way. I hope this has helped, 2Xers. I hope this has helped you to, to examine what you believe about sales and business and life. And I'd love to hear from you. Go to the Facebook fan page, Bill Kasky, and uh, leave your comment. And we'll talk tomorrow. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky. 